What is happening? I'm tired. Yeah? Long weekend? Long weekend. Doing a lot of manual labor around the house. Mm-hmm. Getting well, stuff ready. Well, get your act together for a little bit here because this is too good. How's the this? Glu- How's the gluten? How's the gluten? It's good. No gluten. No gluten. It's. I'm telling you, I'm 15 pounds down. Dang. 15 pounds down without really having to put much of an effort in <laughs> than just the gluten-free, just staying away from that crap. It's crazy. It's the, just so crazy. The pain-free, that's the part that's got me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the manual labor I did this weekend, the lower back, which is what I've had surgically repaired, Yep, was not the main issue. <laughs> right. The, that... But it would was, have been would have been bugging you the whole time. Well, it would have I would have had to stop and just yep. recuperate for a couple of days. Yep. But the manual labor, the pain that I'm in, pain yeah. that I was in, yeah. is muscles that I hadn't used in a while. Right. Just normal. Right. Just normal wear normal and tear. Wear and tear, normal pain. Yeah. The, yeah. But you know, you're right. The uh, the things that were painful before yeah. are no longer painful. It's amazing. It really is. More people ought to give it a go. Wish we could sell that. Gluten-free. <laughs> no doubt. We'll come to your house. We'll take all the gluten out for you. Mm-hmm. Have a big bonfire. Yeah. Well, I am Lance. And I'm Mike. And we're just these guys, you know. I'm excited about this because, um, I mean, I love deal- dealing with, you know, fundamental number one. Fundamental number two, but fundamental number three, as far as really experiencing having to open your mind and realize how you're you're processing the world around you, life in general. It, this is where it really I've in kind of going back over that chapter. It it sure. it's, it's really. The way you break this down is pretty amazing. And when you talk about the the fact that this has such a huge impact on on our uh, what do you call it psychosocial uh, everything. Yeah, and our what stress and anxiety does. Oh yeah, to us and and the the percentage of people who go to the doctor with a physical issue that leads right back to stress yes. and anxiety. Is amazing. No, I had a gastroenterologist uh, surgeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works on the stomach and the uh, uh, bowels. <laughs> he, that's kind of his specialty. Told me uh, after we did some work together that he now tells all his patients, do this and you won't need me. The, Is it, the, does he the, say... The power of our mind mm-hmm. to change how our body functions and to create uh, stomach difficulties, uh, lower intestine difficulties, intestinal problems. Yeah. That then, once those problems start and they keep running, then you know it's kind of like getting a uh, you know, a sticker in your foot or something. If you get the sticker in your foot and you immediately get it out, there are no issues. But right. the sticker stays in your foot and you keep walking on it you're now going to create additional problems. And when people are worried and stressed and anxious, 
they're not only creating the mental health issues, the, the discomfort that they have from the anxiety and stress, they're creating physiological issues, medical issues, and then you take medications for those, which then brings in a whole nother kind of area of issues. This, along with gluten-free living, well, and talk about changing your gastrointestinal world. <laughs> it's um, amazing. Speaking of gastrointestinal, how was the coffee this morning? The coffee is a little. You know what I would say about it. You you took it to a whole nother level several weeks ago, and it keeps kind of bumping up just a little bit. Are you just adding little things here and there? What are you doing? Well, and this is what is kind of the outcome of today. The 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 goal of today mm-hmm. is what's happening with your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> and you've already drank some, so yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> what is in this coffee? I'm not going to tell you till the end. Mm. Okay. And I don't want to. Uh, I, I since I know these things so much, I hear myself, and I really work on keeping my thought processes clean. So when I say some of these keywords, yeah, it really rattles my cage. Yeah, I just heard it too. But what I don't want to do. Um, is spend a lot of time boring people to death with the kind of the physiology of the brain and, and sure. how it works, trying to talk on a podcast and put people to sleep. Right. But if you check out the book, there, I walk you through you know what's happening uh, in less than a second when you see something. The the key takeaway. The key takeaway to understand is that. Right now, you don't see me. What you're seeing is an image in your mind. And that image in your mind is being created by the the visual processes that your mind goes through, much like a camera. Mm -hmm. And and so for those of you who are watching this on uh, YouTube, you don't see me. I'm not in your phone. I'm not in your computer. But there is that visual image. And and our eyeballs and our our occipital lobe processes all of this light to create a mental image in our mind based on that visual data. A couple of things to prove that. One is if you close your eyes, you can still see me. Right. But I'm not in your head. Mm -hmm. And so your mind has created this mental image representation of me another really cool uh, kind of evidence of this there was a research earlier this year in university southern california perhaps where they showed subjects uh, 30 second age progression photos videos so as you're looking at the the video the photo over 30 second period the person ages from younger to older okay now, what was so fascinating was that immediately after showing them this age progression photo, they then presented them with a bunch of images that were selected from inside the age progression photo. Now, if the image they selected to present to the subject appeared in the first 15 seconds of the age progression, they could recognize them. Mm-hmm. But if the image appeared in the last 15 seconds, they couldn't recognize them. 
your, your brain has to process all of this light, all of this information, and do a lot of stuff with it to create a mental representation in your mind mm -hmm. of what it is you're seeing. So technically, I'm not dealing with you. Technically, I'm dealing with a visual image of you. And that's really important to understand because now when I imagine you, this image in my mind that I created out of my imagination, image and nation. Got it. That to my brain is just as real as the visual image I'm presenting it. Hmm. And this this really becomes kind of a, a, an important thing to understand because we are working on changing how we think. Sure. And the reason we're trying to change how we think is because how we think we're presenting a, a fake reality to our, our brain, to our body. We're presenting this fake reality. So our brain will respond to what we're thinking as if it's really occurring. Thus, the example a few weeks ago when I said if I were to tell you something very, very gross, right. you might feel nauseated <laughs> and, and begin to dry heave. Yeah. So <laughs> I did this. I tested that out on Dawn. <laughs> well, while, while she was eating something. Oh, it didn't go well. Didn't go well. <laughs> I mean, but it one hundred percent is fact. Simply putting something in our mind will create a physical response. And that that I mean that's the the. I don't know what more proof you need right. that how you think affects your body. Mm -hmm. You think about something gross, you become nauseated. The pumps turn on, the acid starts to flow. Your body begins to try to eject yeah. <laughs> what's in your stomach yeah. <laughs> because you thought of yeah. something gross. Yeah. So these mental images we're presenting to our brain are having a real impact on our body in our mind to our brain this image in my mind that i imagine is just as real as the image i am seeing from the data in front of me and where this fits into fundamental number three is the whole concept of worrying and what i love and i hate I love it because it gets my juices flowing. I hate it because I know there are millions of people listening to this thinking it's great advice. Not me, not you. Above Inspiration. Mm. I love Above Inspiration. It's a YouTube yep. channel with yep. lots of great videos. Really good. Really good. But again, this morning, I turned it on while I was getting ready. A little, little Jesus in the morning going mm -hmm. into my brain. Mm -hmm. And 14 different pastors very passionately spoke to their congregations, and it's now being broadcast to millions of people across the world, don't worry. Right. And they talk about the ill effects of worrying. Don't worry. You shouldn't worry. And just over and over and over. And I'm listening, and I'm listening. The closest anybody got to a helpful comment, because we all know worry's bad. Sure. How, how much more do I need to tell you where it's bad? Yep. I think we all agree. So then the advice of don't worry. Sure. So That'll solve it all. When you tell somebody don't do something, 
But yeah, that's what they're going to do. That's what they want to do. They begin to obsess about it. Right. You know, when you, I can't go out tonight. Oh, I can't go out tonight. So all you can think about is not going out. Mm -hmm. When you tell people what not to do, you make it worse. And I'm listening to these, you know, studied, learned scholars, biblical scholars, pastors. One of them actually said, maybe two of them, but instead of worry, tell yourself, and, and they started quoting scriptures, mm -hmm. like, you know, I know the plans I have made for you, and they're good plans. You know, yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your soul. But why? Sure. And, and it still, it leaves you in this spot where I, I'm worrying, and so now I'm going to not worry, <gasps> and I'm going to do what? So this is where fundamental number three came from is this is what to do. Sure. Th this is how to change how you think when it comes to worrying. What to actually replace it with. Correct. Yeah. And so uh, when we worry, we are imagining, and it usually starts with the words what if. Sure. And that's why uh, for a long time, this was not called fundamental number three. It was just simply called what if. Mm -hmm. When we worry, we say what if, and then we imagine something horrible. Mm -hmm. And our body is going to react to it. So we go into fight or flight mode. Right. You know, what if I, what if somebody hits me, I tense up and I, you know, begin to fear that. I begin to worry about that. What if I can't pay the bills? I tense up. I worry about it. I either avoid the issue or I begin attacking everybody around me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I become uh, that angry, irritable dude mm -hmm. because I'm worried about this. I'm yelling at people at work. We worry, we fear, and and we go into fight or flight mode. We're reactive yep. to the situations around us. Sure. And what's really crazy about it is when you think about this in terms of presenting mental images to yourself, we present the mental image of a negative future. Our body reacts, muscles tense, breath becomes rapid and shallow, heart starts beating faster. That reaction is now interpreted as a reality from the memory or the, the, the worry. Cause people tell you, don't worry. You're like, I, <laughs> I know this is silly, but, my heart's beating 90 miles an hour. That's yeah. not silly. That's not my imagination. Right. So when I start to worry, I feel it. So this feeling lends a reality to the worry to make it feel real. And so people will actually say that. They say, it feels real to me. Sure. This feels like something I should worry about. Yeah. The, the second thing, when we go into fight or flight mode, and in the book, there's a whole lot about this, but... When we go into fight or flight mode, we get a tunnel vision. So we're walking through the woods, beautiful day, minds wide open, thinking about a hundred different things. The bear jumps out from behind the tree. We become laser locked in on the bear right. to the exclusion of everything else. <laughs> and now yep. we are compelled. We're, we're living in the, in that, that tunnel vision. We're living in the fight or flight mode. Yep. We're laser locked in on the threat, which makes sense when it's a bear. Sure. And the two options coming to mind are fight or flight. 
So when I imagine a bear, my heart starts beating 90 miles an hour. It feels real and I become laser locked on the imagined bear to the exclusion of everything else. Yep. Now I can't think about the grocery list. Now I can't participate in that conversation. And worst of all, since I've gone into fight or flight mode and I'm now in this kind of reactive state, I can't think of good options for how to deal with this moment. Yeah. Yeah. And we wonder why we feel like our attention span, our ability to concentrate on the things that we really would want to or like to, it's because we, and there's denial at a huge level that we don't actually do this, but I know I do it ridiculous amounts. And, but since starting to kind of apply and recognize it and do some of the things that, that are suggested in the book, it has been, it is, I am seeing the progression of a healthier approach to and I think that that also has a lot to do with the whole, the way that I feel mentally, physically, everything, that it has really begun to make a difference. And it's, it's just, it begins with recognizing that it's there. We do this. We all do this. It, worry is, is, they say, the number one addiction amongst, I don't know, the United States or whatever, but <laughs> people oh, in general. Well. 365 times in the Bible it says, yeah. do not worry. Yep. Why did he keep telling us over and over and over and over again? Because we do it over and over and over and over yeah. again. Yep. Worry is a huge issue. Number one reason for a visit to an emergency room is anxiety. Right. Of, of all the, you know, the things that people go to the ER for. They're, they're not walking in and saying, I'm having an anxiety attack. And I, but the anxiety we worry we're having a heart issue. We yeah. worry that what just happened in our head is going to blow up and we're, we've got a tumor now. We, we have a migraine. So we worry and we go to the, we yeah. go to the emergency room. You go to the, I've, I've had so many, mostly men who they'll, they'll come to me and it's always after the fact. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want you to know until after the fact, right? because now they're dealing with a different issue. But they went there thinking they were having a heart attack. Sure. They left there being told, I think it was a panic attack. Right. And so panic attack. And so they now I got to start to to think about, okay, if, if I'm actually, I don't believe that for one thing, but if I'm actually having a panic attack, what's causing that? Well, all of this that we're talking about. But exactly. The, the, you know, earlier, if I think of something gross, I cause my body to react negatively. If I think of something fearful, I cause my body to react negatively. When I imagine bears in my future, when I imagine nightmares next week, uh, when I go back up to the building, when I go to the church, when I go into work today, when I come home from work, when I'm imagining horrible things happening in my future, I'm presenting those images to my mind and my body is reacting to them as if they're real. Mm Mm-hmm. So I will have negative physiological reactions that are solely based on the images I am presenting. I control what I think. Yeah. I don't know for that this is necessarily a fact, 
but I'm pretty convinced of it, that I was diagnosed at one point with AFib. And I actually believe, looking back on it, that, that what I was having were these moments of where I was, I was having these little panic attacks. Sure. Because if I, if I would stop and think about what I was just thinking about right. <laughs> and realize that I had just gotten a shot of adrenaline that had given me that kind of extra pump in, in the heart, uh, that to me, because I took myself off of the medication for AFib and have been just fine. And I did that years ago. Uh, and now I'm kind of putting it all together, though, that I really think that this is this is what. No, if you go it's back the control to control center, right? You go back to that study of Cranky and Mangelsdorf, and there's other studies that just happens to be the one I remember. Mm-hmm. But 74% of the reasons people go into a medical practice are psychosocial stress mm. induced. I'm complaining about headaches and stomach. I have physical complaints, but when they studied the source of that malady, why do you have headaches? Why is your stomach upset? Why, why do you have this backache? 74, 76% of those cases could be directly traced to psychosocial stress, hmm. life stress. Yeah. Another 10% was psychological. Now, how you separate those two, I don't know exactly. No. Sure. But that's what they did. They had 74% psychosocial stressors. 10% psychological. So 16% of the reasons people are going into a medical doctor are actually medical problems. Actually physical medical problems. Correct. Yeah. Actual biologically something is wrong. 16%. Wow. And we can change that right here, right now. Mm-hmm. So if I can think myself sick... Why can't I think myself healthy? Boom. So you're told a hundred million times a day, a week, a year, do not worry. Mm-hmm. And you know, Don't worry about it. <laughs> what do you do? If you're not going to worry, what do you do? And this is where these fundamentals come into play, especially number three here. I have control over how I think. So let's recognize the three ways of thinking that cause the anxiety and the stress. The reason why I harp on identifying these is because when I see myself doing them, I can stop and go the other direction. But I don't know to go the other direction unless I see myself going the wrong direction. You bet. So we worry about two main things, and this goes back to fundamental number one, the things I have power over, the things I can control. What we worry about, two main areas, one is what others think. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what if they don't like me? What if I get up there and they laugh at me? (laughs) What do they think about this? What do they think about that? I I don't want to upset them. We worry we're presenting negative images to my mind. Am I on the stage yet? Is the audience laughing at me yet? No. But as I worry about it, I'm presenting that image to my mind. And now my body and mind are going to react yep. as if it's reality. 
Yeah, I, I have recognized in, in my own uh, thinking how often I am making assumptive uh, conversations based on being a mind reader, apparently, that I know what they're thinking and I know what they're going to do or I know what they're going to say. And, and it's when I do that, nine times out of ten, maybe nine and a half out of ten, it's negative. Well, there's there's two levels to this. There's worry. I worry. I'm mind reading. I'm worrying what other people think. And then there is worrying about the future. I'm doing it's called the fortune telling error. Like I can really predict the future. Mm-hmm. I worry that I'm going to fall down. I worry that I'm not going to have enough money next year. I'm worrying that my wife will leave me. I, I worry about things in the future. I worry the stock market's going to crash. I worry about the future. I worry about what other people think. Yep. And that creates a lot of anxiety and stress. The second thing, or third thing, but it's a, in a way it's a second thing, is I don't worry what you're going to think. I assume. I, I jump to a conclusion Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking right now. Sure. And because I tell myself, this is what you're thinking, or this is what you're going to do, again, to my mind, that becomes my reality. It's as if you're already thinking it. It's as if you're already doing it. So because I predict that future, the self-fulfilling prophecy kicks in yeah. and I invariably create that future. Sure. I don't I call you on the carpet. How many times have we gone into a meeting with somebody, gone into a, a job interview, gone into a sales pitch back mm-hmm. when you were selling stuff? Yep. How many times you walk into that meeting having already decided this is not going to go well? You know, uh, they, I, I talked to them last night. They're not going to buy this thing. I just got to go up here and punch the clock. You know, I'm not going to get this job. They don't want me. They want somebody else. Oh, when I get home, my wife's going to be in a bad mood. I already know that. We, Ooh, yeah. we jump to that conclusion. Yep. Yeah. And then we invariably set in motion the things that then create. Yep. When I get up to that meeting, nobody's going to want to discuss this stuff. It's not going to go real well. So I walk in and they can read my body language. They can hear my tone of voice and they start to feel uncomfortable in the meeting and they just don't want to get too deep into the weeds of things. They just don't want to talk about this too much. So then we're going to talk about this. Yeah. I knew that walking in the door. That's why I didn't prepare because I knew they wouldn't want to talk about it. I know where your mind is going, so I won't let you go there, but I come home. My wife's going to be in a bad mood. I throw the door open. I look at her, and she looks at me, but my body language, the look on my face, the tone of my voice, she then gets a cross look and says, what's wrong with you? I knew you'd be in a bad mood when I got here. (laughs) We create it. You got a camera in our house? (laughs) It's the self-fulfilling prophecy. What I imagine, yeah, I invariably create. Yeah. What if I get sick? <laughs> mm-hmm. And now my immune system starts to kind of suffer. My my 
body starts processing information or uh, the, the food differently, and I I become sick. Yep. What if? What if? Yep. What if? What if? What if? So we worry what other people will think. We worry about the future, or we jump to these conclusions, and because of that, we then invariably create those situations. Yep. So, don't do that. <laughs> well, let's do a little better than that. So, here's what I suggest. Fundamental number three. You control what you think. So, step one, and, and th there's a worksheet at the end of the chapter, and the purpose of the worksheet is to walk you from worrying to a new way of thinking. Yep. To help you get from the worry mode over to the other mode. So write the worry down. Usually begins with the words, what if? Gotcha. Yep. You know, what if I don't get the job? Yep. Now, step two is to rewrite that sentence. Take what if out and replace those two words with these four words. I am concerned at that. Mm-hmm. Now, what this is going to do for you immediately is move the worry out of your face. Sure. If I come into this room and I just storm over and I get up in your face with my finger wagging, I'm yelling at you, you might react and throw an arm up. Mm -hmm. If I come get in your face, you might react and throw an arm up. But if I throw open the door and yell at you from over there, well, over there, you might be able to handle this. But if I get in your face, you're reacting. Yeah, different experience. <laughs> Karate kid. Sure. So this is what you're doing mentally with the thought. When you say what if, it's in your face. Mm -hmm. And you're going to react. So by changing slightly how you think about that potential negative future, I am concerned that it moves it out of your face and moves it across the room. Over there, I may be able to deal with it. But when it's right here in my face, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm off to the races. I'm worry, worry, worry. But if we can slow this sucker down, take a what if, make it a concern, move it over there. I am concerned. So now that we've got it properly positioned, we're getting control of ourselves by starting to control how we think, that thing you're concerned about, is it possible? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times we worry about things that are not even possible. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So is it possible? And if the answer to that question is yes, one more real quick that you're going to just automatically ask, which is, is it probable? <laughs> I'm worried about a meteor hitting the planet. Is that possible? Yeah. Is it probable? Yeah. No. You're right. I get that phone call. Did you hear the space junk is coming down somewhere and they don't know where yet? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. They, they've imagined the, the, the piece of space junk falling out of the sky onto their house. Sure. Is that possible? Yeah. Probable? Mm, no. <laughs> so sometimes low probability. Sometimes just taking this step 
kind of sure. brings sanity back to the equation. Sure. It's possible, but it's really not, not probable. Right. But whatever that future is that I've been worrying about, and I'm going to make it a concern. Now, if it's a possible future, the question becomes, again, going back to fundamental number one, mm. I control the present moment. Yep. I don't control the future. So what can I do today about a possible problem in the future that has not yet occurred? Sure. What can I do today about something that has not yet occurred? I can plan. Yep. It is possible I don't get the job. It is possible when I get home, my wife's in a bad mood. It is possible, whatever it is, if it's possible then the best thing, the only thing you can do right now is come up with a plan for it in case it occurs. Mm -hmm. And it seems so basic. It, it seems so just simple, but doing it, it's a whole nother. Here is how, and I'm going to tell you this, and you're not going to get out of your mind. You're not going to ever get this out of your mind once I tell you this. You are batshit crazy. Mm -hmm. Check this out. Do you drive around all day, every day, worrying that you might get a flat tire? Mm -hmm. oh, nope. That was a big bump. Oh. Do you worry about that all day, every day? Yeah. Do you nope. obsess over it? What would you do if you got a flat tire? I would change it. Because you're Mike. And right. Mike the mechanic. And mm -hmm. <laughs> Mike knows how to operate a jack. Mm -hmm. And if your wife got a flat tire, what would she do? Call AAA. Not call Mike? <laughs> no. <laughs> We've already determined that. <laughs> okay. Call AAA. Now notice, because you have a plan for Ooh. that possible negative future. Right. It doesn't cross your mind. Exactly. You don't think about it. You let it go. Yep. When you come up with a good plan for a possible negative future, you release it. Yeah. So real quick, just to, to take this to a really practical level of us wanting to help everybody who's listening, I want to give AAA a shout out and say everybody should have AAA. 60, it's like 60 bucks a year. People don't know that. Right. They have no clue. They think 60 bucks a month or something. It's $60 a year, maybe 65, even if it was 70. Sure. Because it's an amazing service. And you know what it does? Exactly what you said. I don't worry about it. If I lock my keys in the car, I don't worry. I'm not worried about They're it. They're right there. AAA, here right they there. come. If I had, I had a flat tire one time, I did call AAA. I didn't change it because I was on the highway. Sure. They came out, and within 30 minutes, they had my tire changed. That's from the time I placed the call. Had my tire changed, and I was back on the road, rocking and rolling. That's faster than triple I Triple A, <laughs> yes. And so get AAA. Or if you have a daughter, get your daughter AAA. Oh, yeah. If you have a mother, get your mom. Not that they can't change a tire. That ain't what I'm saying. But. It takes away worry because the the plan exactly what you're saying. When's the last time so with you, everything else? When's the last time you checked your battery? Ah, uh, and if you're out on the road and that battery dies, 
Yep. Do you have the tools in your trunk? Yeah, you can somehow figure out how to get your car to AutoZone, and they may help you change it. But yeah. And so, yeah, there's things that services that AAA provide that are critical when we need them. We don't think about them all the time. Yeah. And we do worry about a lot of this stuff. Sure. If you have AAA, yeah. you don't. That's right, worry. You don't even think about it. Nope, that, I don't. That, that annual membership rolls around. <laughs> Why am I paying for this? But you need it one time. Yep. It's there. And so when we worry, we're creating negative images. Our body and our mind are reacting to them. We're going into fight or flight mode, and we're reactive. We're hitting or we're running away. If we shift it over to planning, yep. I don't control the future. I don't control what other people think or do. But they may do this. Yeah. Well, how would I respond? And I have to change the language in the workbook because it, it's what, how would you respond? And I meant that how, what would be a good way to respond? But people have been answering the question, how would I respond? I would cry. I would go home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we're trying to change that. We're trying to change that. <laughs> if you got a flat tire, what would you do? I would get out and change it. I would call AAA. Would it be a good way if it comes the end of the month and I don't have enough in my account to cover all of my bills? What would be a good way to deal with that future negative yeah. possibility? Yeah. Or better what would be a better way? Yeah. Piggyback off fundamental number two. What would be a better way to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Call the, you know, electric company. Ask for a payment plan. Call my mom. Ask for thirty bucks. Yeah. What? How would you handle? What would be a good way to handle the negative future? Once you come up with that plan, it's amazing how much of the worry begins to go away. You bet. Now and the plan allows us for those of us who are uh, card holding members in the avoider club it helps us to actually confront the situation and not just keep it living in our worries sure and that's an amazing thing to to change as well so i've i've had examples in in my world where i've said okay and it really came from you saying from from being scatterbrained uh, saying one of the, the keys is do it now. Right. Just do it now. Just do it now. Yeah. It's amazing. And what doing it now does is it keeps it from having the time to become a worry. Sure. And change, <laughs> change your world. <laughs> that'll preach. Yeah, that'll preach. So now here's where we become powerful. Okay. So... Step one, write the worry down. Step two, change it from worry to concern. Step mm. three, spend some time thinking of a good plan to handle that possible negative future mm-hmm. so that if it does occur, you are prepared. Yeah. Step four. Now, we've been talking. I've been using some very specific language this whole time. The future. Can you predict it? Nope. Can you read other people's minds? Nope. But are these worries, are these things we're thinking about, are they actually possible? Yeah. So it's possible that I don't get the job. It's possible I get on stage and people laugh at me. 
So by Webster's definition of the word possible, that means one potential outcome out of many. Sure. So there is one future out there where it all goes bad. Mm -hmm. But there are other possible futures out there. So of all of those other possible futures out there, which one would you like? You bet. There's a future where I struggle to pay my monthly bills. That means there's a future where I am financially stable. There's a future where I don't get the job. There's a future where I do get the job. There's a future where people laugh at me on stage. There's a future where people laugh with me on stage. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're worried about is only one potential future. There are other futures that are possible. So think about how you would like, how you want the future to go in that situation. Write it down. Mm -hmm. I would like to be financially sound by this time next year. I would like to be a better public speaker. I would like to get that job. Write it down. Now, Meditate on that. Dream on that. We spend all our time meditating on the negative. Yep. Worry, 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 worry. Creating holes in our stomach. Losing sleep. Becoming alcoholics. <laughs> mm -hmm. We worry ourselves to death, literally. Or we could, as you said, dream. Yep. What would you like the future to look like? How would you like things to go? What kind of evening would you like with your wife? How would you like the rest of this day to go? How many people do you want to show Jesus? There's a future out there that is bright and beautiful. Write it down. A much better and very possible self-fulfilling prophecy. And exactly what I think about I tend to create. Sure. So if I think about the negative, I am going to create the negative. But if I think about the positive, I can equally create the positive. So step four is to write down what it is you want. Now, I'm saying write it down because I give you the worksheet in the back of the book. The reason I, I have you write these things down is because it, it's a mental exercise of, of walking through these six steps in reality on paper. So you have to look at them and you can go back and revisit them to see if it's working or not working. But on step four, when you write down that positive future, this is what I, so frustrates me. This, what, what would you like? 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 And they finally say what they want, what they would like. I'm like, yes, that would be great. And then immediately they begin worrying about 18 other things and why that won't work. Yeah. What do you want? Now, spend some time there. Sure. The answer may not come immediately. Mm -hmm. I would like to be financially stable. But I don't see how I can do that because we got this bill and this bill and this bill. I'll only make this much money and it's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we push them over to step four, and they snap back to step one. They sure. begin to worry and make negative predictions yep. about why they can't have the beautiful future they want. And that's a lie. Yep. What do you want? 
spend some time meditating on that, and sooner or later, ideas are going to start to come to you how to get it. You bet. Well, if this is what I want to see happen, how can I make my desired future occur? Spend time there. Yep. Think about it. Yep. Take a look at your budget. You want a job? Research the company. Research the employees. Research the people doing the interview with you. Go buy a nice shirt. Polish up your resume. When was the last time you actually updated it? You bet. Put it on fancy paper. <laughs> what can I do to increase the likelihood my dream comes true? Mm-hmm. And I find it as a pastor a healthy exercise to include God. And so Philippians, right? Go ahead. Do not be anxious about anything. And that's all you got to know. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to come across this table. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people only know. Right. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace that transcends all understanding will be yours. In Christ. Boom. The answer has been right in front of our face the entire time, mm-hmm. but we get stuck at do not worry. Right. And we stop reading. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the, here's the, if you, again, us rednecks, let's take that scripture for a second and go to another area where we struggle with uh, basic drives. Let's say you're hungry. Okay. And I say to you, son, don't be hungry. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> H-Pops. <laughs> I'm feeling full already. <laughs> How does that help at all? Yeah. Don't be hungry. Stop being hungry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm a really good, I'm going to say pastor, I'm a really good father. Don't be hungry. Mm-hmm. Get in your car and drive. Sure. And so when I listen to those pastors and even some psychologists, I've seen some people, don't be anxious, go pray. Okay. okay. Um, it, It feels, and that ends a conversation. If I say that to somebody, if you yeah, were to say that to somebody. How do you argue against it? Right. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor. But in their head, like, what the, how's that, how's that supposed to help? Pray, pray what? I mean, yep. my, my, <laughs> my kid's in the hospital and you're saying pray. Right. That, how does this help? I don't have enough money to pay the bills. So we're supposed to just sit back and wait for what? And that's where they were throwing in those, those passages this morning, you know, trust in the plan. Lord. God's got a good plan for you. A plan for what? Right. But if I said to you, if you're hungry, get in your car, <laughs> drive around, and look for a restaurant that is serving food that you like, want. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, he's so smart. I'm sitting here in my living room being hungry. I could get in my car and drive up and down Ridge Road, look for a restaurant. Hmm. 
that I might like to eat at. And that is what Philippians is saying. This is, do not be anxious. Yeah, duh. Here's how to handle it. Here's what to do. What's the opposite of anxiety? Peace. Mm -hmm. And that's the beginning of that scripture and the end of it. He's telling you how to get from anxiety into peace. So there is a few steps that we have to walk through. Yeah. In prayer, with petition, yep, supplication, thanksgiving. So we're, we're prepping our heart. I believe God's got a good plan, and I am thankful for everything that he's done for me so far. Yep. Now what? Tell him what you want. Yep. Lord, I want to be financially sound. Don't tell him what you don't want. Tell him what you do want. Lord, I want my marriage to be happy and healthy. I want us to get along well. What do you want? How do you want things to be? Lord, when I go up here tonight, I want people to feel the spirit. I want them to come to know you better. I want them to learn a little something in my Tuesday night class. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Yep. And the moment you tell him that future that you want... you begin to feel at peace. Completely. Do not be anxious, but in all things with prayer, petition, thanksgiving, turn your requests over to God. Tell him what you want. Mm -hmm. And a peace that surpasses all understanding shall be upon you. <laughs> and you don't know how many people I have met over the years who once they learn to shift from worry to planning to dreaming... There will come a point where they will walk in and we're having a nice, pleasant conversation and I'll point out to them. Yeah. You, you see how you're feeling right now. You walked in the door. You've been telling me how well your week has been going, how relaxed you are. You're sitting there with your arm over the back of the couch. We're BSing about football. Mm -hmm. And your situation has not changed one bit. Sure. They yeah. have moved from worry. They came up with a plan the best they could. And now they're focused on how they want things to be a year from now, how they want it to be six months from now. And once they get there, huh. now here's the final capstone on that. When we worry, mm -hmm. we create the anxiety. Sure. And so think about what anxiety is. Elevated heart rate, elevated adrenaline, muscles tense, stomachs all gurgly. Yep. When we dream and we see our dream as possible. Yeah, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. And in a year, I'm going to be in a great place. Check out what's happening. Mm -hmm. My heart rate's coming up. The adrenaline's beginning to flow. I'm standing on my tippy toes. I've got this extra boost of energy. It's called excitement. Yep. It's the exact same physiological reaction as we have with anxiety and worry. But now because we're focused on a positive future, it's called excitement. It becomes drive, determination, motivation to go do the things that will bring about that positive future. And the what ifs now can be absolutely amazing 
they can go from being something that, that is the leading question that takes you down the, the the wrong path. Sure. To man, what if? Like it turns to what if? To what if? Yeah. Yeah. And you that's the dreaming and then the doing and yeah. the hour. Uh, I I want to do this. I, I think yeah. I can do it. I want to do a backflip. <laughs> right. I can do a backflip. I haven't done one in my entire life, but I want to do one. <laughs> I want to learn the guitar at a, at a level that I can finally get beyond how I played when I was eight years old. <laughs> yeah. I've been stuck there. Forever. I want to get better at this. I, I want, want, yes. Yeah. I want to improve. I want to play like Roger. <laughs> yeah. Hey. What the heck? Hey, why not? Yeah. You know, dream. Dream big. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about there, Roger is just a a master at the guitar and he can just close his eyes and play anything and play it well. He's just a, a genius in the guitar. Yeah. And what I love about Roger is he's an even better person than he is a guitar player. Oh, wow. He's just an amazing guy. Yep. Well, man. And it, just like everything else, just like every experience that we have every day, knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is a whole nother thing. Wisdom is applying the knowledge that you have been presented with. And so the challenge here is to take something from this and apply it. Once a day, but I, again, repetition, repetition, yep. consistency, consistency, repetition, yep. consistency. Once a day, work out. Once a day, practice the guitar. Once a day, <laughs> brush your teeth. Once a day, sit down and think back through your day about something you worried about or a sure. conclusion you jumped to. Yep. Write it down and walk through these steps take the worry make it a concern assume for a second it actually happens what would be a great way to deal with it how to be prepared for the tornado hitting your house how to be prepared for getting a flat tire how do you prepare for financial you know difficulty how do you prepare for your refrigerator going out what would you do if suddenly this thing you've been worrying about actually occurred how would you handle it yeah and then go to step four how do I really want this all to go? Yeah. Where do I want to be a year from now, five years from now? What kind of relationship do I want with my friends, with my wife? What, what, what do I want? What do I want? Mm -hmm. And then that's when you connect back in with God mm -hmm. and thank him for all the wonderful stuff he's already done. Believing I've got a plan for you and it's a good plan. Yep. And tell him what you want. We talked about this before. If your kids won't tell you what they want for Christmas, you can't give them a good gift. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell God what you want so he knows how to bless you. You bet. Yep. One final thought on just the practicality of, of all of this. One big thing that I... I try to encourage as many people as I can, especially with the industry that I'm in. Uh, life insurance. Sure. Talk about relieving a worry. What's going to, if something happens to me, what's going to, what if, what if, what if. 
man, just it's not that expensive. Get it, and it helps you not to have to dwell on the negative. Because you want, mm-hmm. if you were to accidentally pass away, sure, you would want your family to be taken care of. Yes, you, you would want to know that no matter what happens, if I die, they're going to be okay. Yeah. And once you write that down, I want to know after I pass on that my family is financially taken care of. Let me think about that a minute. What might I do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think Mike mentioned buying life insurance. <laughs> and just do it. That's step six. Yep. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Good stuff, Doc. So this today was fundamental number three. Um, we've done fundamental number one, what do you control and not control? We've done fundamental number two, shoulds versus wants. Today was fundamental number three, worry versus planning versus dreaming. How to change how you think. Now you have three things to be working on mm-hmm. every single day. Next week, we'll add the fourth and final fundamental that you called the roof that captures all of this, keeps it in place. Yeah. And then you will have all four fundamentals to work on every single day. Yep. Get the book, mark it up, review. This is is a new way to walk. And man, what a better way. Transform by the renewing of your mind so that you may know and test the good and perfect will of God for your life. Mm. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm Mike. And I am Lance. We will see you next week with another episode of Just These Guys You Know. Mm -hmm. Have an awesome week.